0: Even though my parents were unmarried or if my parents were married, it doesn't matter. You saw me. You claimed me. You said I'm yours. You had a future for me. You have a destiny for me because I am your creation. I am matter to you.
1: I'm Alice Newsome, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish podcast. I've heard it said that graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. And now. Here's more repurposed content from my computer.
0: Today I'm teaching from Psalms 139. It's one of my favorite scriptures of all time. The very first time I heard this passage, I was completely floored. It completely got my attention and it's become my favorite. So here is Psalms 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knoweth my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knoweth it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot attain unto it. So this passage says, Lord, you have searched me and you've known me. You know when I stand up and you know when I sit down. It says that you compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. The NLT says, God, you know when I travel and you know when I'm at home. So God knows everything there is to know about us. He knows when we sit and when we stand. He knows when we lay down and when we get up. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it altogether. So before a word is even on my tongue, before I even Think of a word, God already knows the thought that I'm going to think before I even think it. That blows my mind. God knows my thought before I think it, and He knows why I think what I think. So that means God knows my motives. God knows why I do what I do when I do it. God knows everything. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty. I can't attain unto it. It's too much for me to conceive in my thoughts. It's too much for my mind to conceive and understand. Verses 7 through 10 They say, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, and whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend unto heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. So it says, okay, God, you've just blown my mind. You know everything that I know. You know my thoughts before I think them. You know it all together. You know my motives. And on top of that, God, if I want to get away from you, because I can't deal with this. So where am I going to run? Where can I run from your presence? Where? Where can I go? How about if I go up to the heavens? What if I could take flight on the morning wings and just fly off into the deepest part of the sea? What if I want to do that? What if I want to just take flight? When I get there, God, you're there. Now, what if I decide that I don't want any part of this and I go into the deepest part of the sea and I'm still trying to run away from you? When I get there, God, you're there too. Verses 11 and 12 say, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yeah, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and light are both alike to thee. So this verse says, okay, God, I've tried to run from you, and I've gone as far as I can go, and then when I get there, you're still there. Now, how about if I just try to hide from you and I just cover myself in darkness? How about if I just go and just ignore you? How about if I just pretend that you're not there? How about that? How about if I just say, "Mm, God doesn't exist? So I'm in darkness, right? I just covered myself and I said, God doesn't exist. And even if he does, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. That is certainly darkness. But it says even darkness is light to God. So anything that we do in the corner, in the back, in the dark, that we see, we think that we're getting away with, that we think that nobody knows about, always remember God is present in those secret, dark, little hidden places, in our hearts and in our lives. God is there and he's present. And you know what? That's not to say God is there and he's present and he's ready to condemn you. It's just saying that he's aware of it. And as always, God is aware of it. And as soon as we turn around and make confessions and ask his forgiveness, all of those little secret hidden things, those places that we don't want God to go, those places that we keep walled off, God is there. And he's willing to forgive us and embrace us and accept us and change us. This is one of my favorite verses of scripture. And it starts at verse 13. It says, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Now, that blows my mind. It's just one of my favorite parts of scripture. It says, "God." You saw me at conception. You saw what my mom and dad were doing when I was conceived. God, you saw that even in the deepest depths of the earth in my mom's womb, God. You saw my unformed body before there was anything, God, of me. God, and it says that you knew me. You knew my destiny before I was even conceived. God, that is mind-blowing to me, and it shows how much you love me and how much you care for me, how much I mean to you. God, that's important. It's so important that you're the God of the universe, and yet and still, you're the God of people. You're the God of individuals. You care about each one of your creations. God, you are awesome and amazing and you saw me and you know what God even though my parents were unmarried or if my parents were married it doesn't matter God. you saw me you claimed me you said I'm yours you had a future for me you have a destiny for me because I am your creation I am matter to you verse 17 says How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Now, I thought this was a little different, a little different kind of scripture, because he starts off talking about how great are the thoughts, Lord? How great are your thoughts about me, God? And if I can count them, they would outnumber the sands of the sea. And then he goes on and talks about when I awake, you're still with me. And so I look at that and I say, okay, so if I start to number the things that God has done for me, all of the blessings that God has bestowed upon me, all of the gifts and talent and people and things and places and all of the things that God have done for me, if I just start to count them one by one and I continue to count them, it's going to put me to sleep because all that God has done for me is innumerable. It's, ma- it's massive. It's huge. God has done so much. So if I just start to count them one by one by one, after a while, I'm going to doze off to sleep. But when I wake up, God, you are still there and you still have blessings for me. I'm starting at verse 19. Now, this is interesting because usually I skip this section because it doesn't seem to flow. But I have a new insight about this scripture, and so I'm going to read it. So verse 19 says, Surely thou shalt slay the wicked. O God, depart from me, therefore ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. So, you know, we just went from a psalm that talks about how God knows us and how great He is and how we're formed in our mom's womb and God is there and He's present. And then now it goes to talking about the wicked and how He hates the wicked and how He hates those people that that hate God. And he hates him with a perfect hatred. So I looked at that and I said, well, usually, like I said, I take it out because it doesn't seem to flow. But then I look at it and and the psalm has a progression. It has a progression from God knowing us and it goes to us running away from God, trying to hide from God. And then David talks about how we are formed in our mom's womb And then he says, well, God, you know, we're formed in our mom's womb and you're so great. But then there are people who don't agree with me, God. There are people who don't believe in you. There are people who take your name in vain and I just hate them. And then there are even murderers, God. These are bloodthirsty men. I am just sick of the wicked. I'm done with them. I don't like them. I hate them, God. I hate them with the perfect hatred. I'm on your side. And that's where the psalm goes. And then he picks up in verse 23 and it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, the reason I read that other portion of scripture is because now I see what David is saying. David goes to talking about Hating the wicked and those who hate God and how he's God's friend and almost God's defender, how he hates them with a perfect hatred. Now, after David talks about that, he says, oh, hold up, God. I hate the wicked and I hate the bloodthirsty men. And I've just made a whole lot of judgments on people. But God, I want you to look at me. I want you to take time and look at my heart. And look at my motives and look at my thoughts and look at what I think and what I say and what I do, God. Judge me. Look at me. Try me. Try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. Because, God, I don't want to be wicked. But if there's some things in me that I can't see, some things in me that I think are not there, but they are, God, bring them out. God, search him, try him. And then, Lord, I want you to lead me in the way everlasting because I want to belong to you wholly and completely. I want my life, Lord, to be good, Lord. I want my life, Lord, to be acceptable. I want my life to be acceptable to you. So, David's psalm goes from talking about how God knows us, and then he asks God at the end to search him. It took a long time for me to say, Search me, oh God search me, oh God. I'm inviting God to search me. You see, I'm a kind of quiet person and I have a lot of thoughts. And so to ask God to come in to search me, knowing that God knows my thoughts before I think them, and knowing that he knows what I'm going to say before the word is even on my tongue, that was hard for me to say. It was hard for me to say, God, okay, I invite you into my life. I invite you into my thoughts. Search me, oh God. No, it actually took years for me to say, Search me, oh God, because I know myself. And there were a lot of hidden things inside of me. And so for God to actually come in and shine the spotlight on them at my invitation was something I didn't want to do. So when I finally asked God to search me and to Try me. It was actually a very liberating thing because I found out that God is the greatest counselor there is. I could go to God and cry on His shoulder. He can reveal things to me about me, and then He can heal me of those things. He has the ability to heal me. And that's exactly what He's done. He's come into my life, He's healed me, He's changed me, He's delivered me from me, and from some other things that I had to go through. And that's what I got from this psalm, that God loves me so much that he's seen me from the beginning and my conception, and he's also seen my end. He's seen my destiny. It says before one of my days came to be, God knew my end. So God knows my beginning, my end, and everything in between. He's an awesome God. And this psalm is an awesome psalm. So I hope that you will like Psalm 139 as much as I do.
2: Hello, I'm Galene, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season, Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over, and I cannot put it down. I have recommended it to my sisters. I recommend to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. Finally, there is a book that talks about the women of the Bible. All right. And also, it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. You've got to get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. AliceNewsome.com Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now the audiobook
1: is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator and it comes with a special audiobook companion document get your audiobook now if you are anything like i am then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons i encourage you to get that content out of your mind out of your device out of your journal and share it with the world enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you that's a wrap another podcast is in the books it's published And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewson.com. Remember to repurpose and publish. Thanks for listening.